Why, hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with M. Byhold over Zoom video. M. Byhold, born and raised in Los Angeles, and she talks about how she got into music. She was walking by a music store at age six, saw a piano, asked her parents if she could get a piano, started taking lessons, had her first song written by age seven. Not only is she an amazing piano player and singer and songwriter, she's also an all-American fencer, like sword, sword fencing. She went to college for fencing, was in the NCAA for fencing, went to college at UC San Diego, which is cool. We talked about San Diego a bit. But the music thing really landed for her during the past year and a half when COVID happened. One of her songs ended up going viral on TikTok, the song City of Angels, followed by another massive song on TikTok, Groundhog Day, and then obviously the new one, Numb Little Bug, which is doing insane numbers. So M. Byhold goes through her entire musical journey with us, and we hear about what she has coming up next. You can watch the interview with M. Byhold on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well. And if you have time, hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with M. Byhold. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. Where were you born and raised? I guess that's the first place I'm going to start. I was actually born in Los Angeles. So I've, I've been here my whole life. I'm currently in Glendale. I still live with my parents. Really? Mm-hmm. So Southern California. I'm from San Diego. That's awesome. Not a, not a lot of us are actually born and raised in, in Southern California. True. And I went to school in San Diego. So Did you really? Where'd you go? I went to UCSD. Did you really? That's amazing. That is so cool. Well, I want to talk about that. That's amazing. Um, so you in Glendale, that's where you currently are, and that's where you were raised, born yeah. and raised? Yeah. Well, so tell me about growing up there. That's kind of in the valley, right? I should know my LA. I don't. I think yes. <laughs> it's east, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, um, sure. Why not? But yeah, I grew up with my my parents. I'm an only child, and I like they're my best friends. So I mean, I probably could move out if I really wanted to, but I, I get along. Why? I'm still here. Yeah. Um, but it's also nice. Glendale is sort of a nice break from like the city and Hollywood and like the normal things people kind of don't love about LA. It's kind of like a nice suburban break. Okay. Okay. And did, were you, uh, you said that you're an only child, but how did you get into music? I did read that you're classically trained on the piano and multiple instruments, but how did music, how'd you get into it? Yeah. So I was, um, passing a piano store with my parents and I like saw a piano in the window and I think kind of, I don't know, I was like, I can, can I play one? (laughs) They're like, I mean, yeah, if you practice and I promised that I would practice, but, um, as most kids, you know, struggle with that, I wasn't the best at practicing, but instead I would like take classical music and start experimenting with the notes and seeing where I could go with it. Um, and that's how I started writing. And then I did my first song. I wrote my first song when I was seven called America home, which is patriotic. That is patriotic and impressive at seven. (laughs) I mean, it's not, I don't know if you heard it, I don't know if it's impressive. Um, But I was fortunate to have a piano teacher 
who like fostered my writing growth and like would help me, you know, learn how to like transition between chords and think of lyrics and all that. Um, and then just kind of kept going. Wow. So when you, you started piano lessons, you said what, seven or is that, no, that's when you wrote the first song. When, when did you pick up piano? I started six. Oh, six. Okay. Wow. That was quick. Uh, <laughs> six to seven. And were you in piano lessons for a while? Yeah. Um, I kind of stopped, I guess, in high school when things started getting busier, but I would, I would go pretty religiously once a week um, to my, my piano teacher's house, Jameson Trotter. Mm-hmm. Would you do like recitals and all of that? Not really. He was a bit unconventional, um, which I, I enjoyed because the way he would teach was like a moment of scales, a little bit of classical, some jazz, and then, I mean, composing. I don't know if that was his lesson structure for everyone, but he kind of, he realized that like, you know, I, I didn't want to just play Bach. <laughs> right, wanted, right, right. I wanted to like play the songs I was listening to. So he would teach you like pop songs mm-hmm. or, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I feel like not a lot of piano teachers do that. And I don't quite understand that. It's like, don't you want the kid to be interested in music? I feel like you, you hear a lot of stories where it's like, and then I had this piano teacher that would like make me play all this stuff I didn't want to play. And then I gave up on it. Uh, but that's cool to have a, a teacher that really, you know, helped kind of boost what you wanted to do. Yeah. I, I don't think I would be here at all without him. Really? Yeah, definitely. Wow. I mean, he wow. also showed me um, Regina Spector who was my biggest writing inspiration. Oh, okay. I love Regina Spector. That's amazing. <laughs> um, yes. So six, seven years old, you write a song. What was it called? Uh, America. America Home. America Home. And lyrics, everything. Lyrics, every, I mean, lyrics, yes. Lyrics, not the best. But I mean, what seven-year-old is writing these brilliant lyrics? There's not a lot it's of life to, to pull from. It's true. Um, the songs that, that came after were called Alien Sabotage and Strawberry Lumps. So, you know, young Emily had her priorities. Did those make an EP of some sort? <laughs> no, <laughs> an EP kidding. in my mind. I think it's only good. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have recordings of those songs? Somewhere. Somewhere. That's cool. I remember them. You do? Yeah. That's really amazing. Have you ever, like, when was the last time you played one of those songs? When you were eight? Probably. Okay, you haven't yeah, have any time any recent <laughs> recently. Maybe I should tease it on TikTok and see what people think. I was gonna say I saw this video of you on I think it was on YouTube and you wrote a whole song using just comments from Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's so creative. Thank you. I did that during quarantine because there really was not much else to do. So, so you just you just struck. How did you decide on what comments to do? Just any of them that you decided to pick at, like, or something that kind of structured a song. I just put them all in a document and like thought of a melody with chords. And I was like, what fits basically. And then kind of okay. played, played with them like puzzle pieces. That's cool. Um, I want to back up real quick though. So piano lessons, you write your first song at seven and then are you, and then those that followed, uh, was that something that you continued to do? You said like in high school, you stopped doing piano because things got busy where you, you jumped into something different Were you just playing a lot more and you didn't need the lessons anymore. Uh, I mean, I was always writing, like that never stopped. But as far as like being good at practicing it and doing the classical things that I was kind of going to the lessons for to like strengthen my technique, it just Mm -hmm. got kind of busy with like, I was taking a lot of AP classes. I was also doing competitive fencing. Um, I read that. I was in show choir, which was not for me. I respect it, but I can't dance. Learned that very quickly. (laughs) Um, 
but I mean, also I, I did teach music a little bit during that time, I think so. Okay, like younger kids or yeah. how'd you get involved in that? Um, it was, so I went to the school called Oakwood where um, I was like further fostered in arts education. I was lucky because I had teachers who like also wanted to help me with my writing, um, mm -hmm. like stay after classes and stuff to do that. And they did summer camps that I actually like grew up going to every year. And then I was a teacher. So that was a really cool, like full circle moment. Wow. wow. So you, you did summer camps that were arts based mm -hmm. like in the arts. That's cool. You said it was an arts high school. Was it an arts high school? Yeah. Wow. Was that something you had to like audition for or just if you had passion for it, you could go apply there? It wasn't necessarily like categorized as an art school, but oh, like okay. a lot of attention towards the arts and support and you know, I mean, not every school has like strong arts and choir and right, right opportunities. So I was really fortunate. That's amazing. And and you're a fencer. You're like a, a all American fencer. Is that what I read? Yep. Okay. When do you start doing that? I started when I was eight. Um, okay. I guess it all started around that time. <laughs> Everything started. So around piano that. and fencing. And how do you get into fencing? Is that something that comes from the family as well? Yeah. Uh, my dad had been doing it since college and okay. exposed his age, but many years. <laughs> but still. Um, and he started giving me lessons in the driveway and I was hooked by it. And then he took me to a recreational class. And it was funny because we had to like all fence the teacher at once and everyone was too scared to stab the teacher. But I was just like, go, go, go. <laughs> um, and I just kind of kept it after that. Wow. I didn't ask though. Are your, are your family or parents musical at all? Not so much. Okay. Not just so fencing. Yeah. But then, then you were just interested and then it became something that you continued to do as far as music went. Yeah. And it was kind of a nice balance and continues to be mm -hmm. um, to have like the athletic side and then the artistic side. Cause I feel like it's really easy to get caught up in one world and forget how how much else there is, you know? Sure, sure. Well, like to be that good at fencing, I mean, all American, you must have spent a lot of time practicing and, and that must have took up a big portion of your day or, or not so much. Yeah, I mean, in college, I basically went to college because I wanted to do NCAA fencing more than I really wanted to do the major. <laughs> um, wow, okay. And uh, it was 15 hours a week. So basically a part-time job a little bit. And mm -hmm. music did kind of, you know, go to the side for a second. I was in a band in college, but it wasn't like an everyday thing. So it's kind of gone back and forth a little, what I focus on more. Okay. But I think now the decision is kind of made for me. <laughs> sure, sure. <Yeah. laughs> in high school, were you in a band at all or did you perform out at all? I was always in little bands. Often we didn't really perform like here and there, but I didn't really grow up doing a ton of performances. I actually had pretty bad stage fright, um, which... I got over funny enough by doing a lot of TikTok lives. Really? Like keep doing like I did the over quarantine mm -hmm. and that you see like a hundred people are in the room, two hundred people, and you you just kind of get used to it after a while. Right. That's interesting. I've interviewed lots of artists and most of them will say that the most terrifying thing is like doing the live Instagram social media stuff. Like they're like, oh, I could play to a crowd of two thousand people. But like going live on the Instagram or live on TikTok is just such a difficult thing to do. That's that's cool that that was kind of the thing that got you over the stage fright. Well, it's so funny because obviously no one's clapping. So after right. you do a song, 
I just kind of <laughs> learned. Like I'm, it's it's more normal to me to be like, okay, that was that next song. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm gonna applause. wait for a do you wait for applause? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how to. I guess. I'll right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, but you said you were in some bands in high school, or just was for just fun. Just fun. Um, I was the band I was in uh, in college was called Omolo, which is Emily, but all the vowels are O's. And oh. um, our our biggest feat was performing in Battle of the Bands, and we made it to the finals to perform at the big Sun God Festival, but we lost. Oh wait, and was that just at the school? Mm-hmm. Okay, because you said you went to UCSD. Yeah. Okay, because obviously I was from San Diego, so I want to hear. Going from, so high school, you're in fencing. You're obviously really good. So you go to, UCSD has a good fencing team, I, I take it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know any of this. So is that why you, you went to UCSD to fence for the college? Yeah. Um, it was kind of a choice of like going far away or staying local. Also, UC, UCs are obviously cheaper for California students. Right. That. And then they also took my AP credit. So I was able to graduate a year early. So it all just kind of lined up at wow and it's like i mean uc schools in, in california are like the thing right like, right they're the harder ones to get into obviously and like uc san diego i mean yeah ucsd because there's usd also in san diego but ucsd yeah my actually my brother-in-law went there too so oh, like, um you know? he liked it yeah and then Good. he ended up getting a master's from somewhere else but he he went there for english and creative writing or something like that i have no idea <laughs> but okay so they, they have a good fencing team so you're going there to fence and then what is your your major while you're in college so i was a communication major and business minor always with the intention of wanting to apply it towards music okay um, i couldn't really tell you what communication is uh, that's what i have a degree and i'm still trying to figure it out <laughs> okay you understand <laughs> yeah they're like i'm like so Okay, counselor, I, I'm terrible at math and science. What can I do? They're like, communication. So you Pretty go. much exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, we're going to go with that. Um, and I'm still trying to figure out what it means. But um, so, okay, so you went for communications, didn't fencing. And then are you always, are you, still, you said you were in a band in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, where would you play? Would you play out around San Like, I mean, I, the venues there, House of Blues, anything like that? It's funny. We didn't actually do anything too major, but we were we were invited to perform for something called the Avocado Fest, and we were mm-hmm. all psyched because we like a festival to avocados. Like that's gonna be that's massive. That's huge in San Diego. You would think, but then it was just on campus, and it was like this one little table of guacamole. And I asked all my friends to come, and it was only my friends who watched us do our like pitiful. <laughs> 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 we got free shirts with avocados on them, so that was a win. Did you play piano and sing or just sang or what was your role in the band? I just sang. Yeah. Okay. Um, our guitarist and pianist was a lot better than me. So he took oh, off. Really? You're an amazing piano player. Do you play, do you play piano on that, on that EP that you released in Fred? Yes. I think it was a mixture of my teacher and I. What a, the compositions on that record are so good. Like the piano part. I mean, the whole album's awesome. I listened to the whole thing earlier today and I'm like, Wow, but the piano pieces like really stuck out to me. It's such a good record. Thank you. I kind of it feels like old me. I don't know if I relate to that that music I've released as much as the current stuff, but I'm... Oh, it's definitely different. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay, so you're in the band in college, fencing, and then do you can like where does fencing kind of leave your life or was that when the pandemic happens and then this TikTok thing kind of happens? 
Yeah, so I wasn't really fencing during the pandemic. Um, or pre-pandemic, were you fencing? Yeah. If you look at 2019, okay. Yeah, um, I competed in like NCAA regionals and all that kind of wow. stuff. But yeah, pandemic hits. I didn't. I really didn't leave the house like most people. So um, I just started right. doing TikToks, and it just kind of went crazy from there. Um, I fenced a little bit in the backyard with my dad just to like stay active. But mm-hmm. I actually fenced other people for the first time like a couple of weeks ago, and I did lose to a kid who started in September which was quite embarrassing. Oh, (laughs) so you're back at it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Kind of of back at it. Um, Well, okay. So where were you in 20, I think 2017 was when infrared came out. Where were you back in LA at that time? Or were you still living in San Diego? Um, I think 2017, I had just graduated from high school. Okay. Uh, I had my one month job at Ralph's, which I talk about like it was a lifetime because there was so much, I don't want to say trauma because that's a <laughs> heavy word, but it was a lot. Oh, was it, it was a brutal, brutal not, job. Not my favorite time. Um, and then college in, uh, okay. well, in August. What happened at Ralph's? Now I'm curious. <laughs> well, it it was my first job job, like the eight, an eight hour situation. Mm-hmm. Um, my coworkers all called me Barbie because I was a little too delicate to be dealing with like meat slicers and <laughs> heavy dishes. <laughs> Right? I wouldn't either. Yeah. And carts? Are you kidding me? I would not want to push it, like, grow in the parking lot and grab all the carts. I've so seen I've the actually, people I was above the carts. I was You were above, the, okay. The I'm good. I'm, you jumped the carts. I jumped the carts. Okay, that's good. <laughs> but frankly, I might have preferred that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you're in the deli? Is that what you said? That's where you yeah. were at? Deli department? Okay. But yeah, I wouldn't want to cut the meat up. That would kind of, yeah, just not. No. Okay. So you and did short period at Ralph's. I did say it was, I was so bad at that job that I said it was my first day for like two weeks for anyone who's like, <laughs> how much I was struggling. I'm so sorry. It's my first day. And then when I had repeat customers, they're like, wasn't it your first day last week? Are they asking you for like some obscure meat? And you're like, uh, I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah, a few okay. Um, but there was one particular occurrence when this guy was asking me to make him a sandwich. I didn't realize there were sandwiches in the dough. I mean, maybe that's obvious, but like, I, I never got a sandwich from Ralph's Deli. Uh, uh, and he was like, I want tomatoes. And I was like, frantically looking around for tomatoes. And he's like, I think they're uh, down there in the cabinet <laughs> blue. And I was like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, I'm not a sandwich artist. This is not Subway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me just cut up your ham and be on your way, sir. Um, <laughs> so you're working at Ralph's. So, well, was I'm curious about the EP. Were you working at Ralph's when the EP came out? The EP dropped before. That. Before Ralph's. Okay. Um, so, so tell me the process of putting the EP together. It sounds like your teacher helped you on, on the record a bit. Yeah. Um, so I had written the title track, Infrared, about my first breakup. Mm-hmm. It's a and, great song. I, I really, that one and the last one on the, are my two favorites from the record. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, the other ones I had just kind of written throughout the years and we just collected them all at once to put on an EP. There was no like through line to the story per se, but just okay. I wanted to put out. Um, but just fine. I, I still like that one. The other ones, I'm not sure how much I love the writing on them anymore, but I'm, I like just fine. Okay. And you had one song, though, that made it onto a motion picture. Like, yeah. I mean, a film with like, you know, J.K. Simmons and uh, Mandy Moore and a bunch of people are in the movie. Yeah. I, I, so I had played a show um, at the Republic of Pi in 2016, and we had a family friend in the audience who... 
I think like always knew I wrote, but didn't really like, I don't know. I think, I think she realized. She know you're like really good. (laughs) Not not really good, but I think like something maybe clicked for her. That seems so conceited. I don't want to say that, but anyway, (laughs) like. But, uh, but okay. But it's not because. Yeah. I mean, the song made a film. It's somebody chose that song to make a film. You look at your your Spotify, you have like over 8 million people listen to your records monthly. I mean, it's okay to be a little <laughs> truthful, well, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, the, the 8 million thing, I, I, I feel like it's someone else. I feel like it can't be me. It's crazy. That's so awesome, though. That's such a huge thing. Thank you. I, I don't know how one is supposed to process that kind of number because everything so far has just been like metrics. It hasn't been real interactions, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah, I could see how it, it's difficult when it comes to that because it is. I mean, no one's really doing I mean, recently shows have come back, but not within the past year and a half. It's kind of an odd time for that. And yeah. then you look at a song like, I mean, we'll talk about your new one, Numb Little Bug, newest one. And it's I'm looking at it now and almost says 64 million times people have listened to it. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Well, so somebody comes in the crowd. We'll get to that. So somebody's in the crowd that's a family friend, sees you play, and is like, okay, wow, you're a really good songwriter. I want to use a song, or can you write a song for the film? Like, how does that conversation begin? Yeah. So she came up uh, after my show and was just like, hey, I have this film. I was wondering if you'd consider writing a song for it. And I tried to keep my composure, but I wanted to be bouncing off the walls because I was so excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was like, we have a really small budget. And I was like, don't you even worry. Like to get paid, <laughs> get paid $1 to do what I love is fine with me. Right. Uh, and then she sent me the script and I just kind of wrote the song based off what I read in the script. I, I actually wrote it in 10 minutes. That's probably the shortest time it's ever taken me to write. Anything. Really? And yet, so you read the whole entire script. You're like, okay, I got an idea and just put it down right away. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's incredible. And not having, have you ever read a script like that before? Or was that the first time? I had read scripts, um, more like play stuff than. Okay. Than like yeah. a film. Mm-hmm. But wow. I remember there's one particular part of the script where she talked about like water droplets in the sink. Mm-hmm. And for some reason that like inspired the piano part for me. Oh, okay. You never know what it's going to take. <laughs> sure. And do you submit the song and right away they're like, this is perfect? I, or yeah. there's some back and forth? I, I sent it and she just like put it over the montage and it literally like fit the editing. It was insane. She invited my mom and I over to watch it and she was like, this is just like, how did we have this telepathic communication? Um, yeah, wow. Since then, I'll tell you, you know, writing for other projects hasn't been as easy as that as that was sure but still i mean that's a huge moment what a huge thing to kind of validate your your songwriting and you as an artist yeah i it was insane so that happens and you're still like i'm gonna go fence and and at ucsd it was just kind of a thing that happened (laughs) yeah i mean it was it felt really good that that happened but i didn't really know like how to continue the path to being an artist at least before tiktok i was like I was writing and posting things on YouTube and Instagram and performing here and there, but I didn't really know, you know, what to do. Mm-hmm. And that just all kind of came together through TikTok then. Cause you have yeah. some other songs that you put, I mean, Blink of an Eye came out and you, you know, Forgive Yourself, which I think is another in- incredible song. Thank you. Um, and 
was it when City of Angels came out? That's kind of when stuff changed for you. Yeah. Um, okay. That was the first time something of mine went viral. I think it got like three hundred thousand views or That's something. Crazy. And it was the first time I like couldn't keep up with comments because I do try to like and respond to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's when I actually posted that I hadn't written the rest of the song yet. So after it was going viral, I was like, maybe I should. I should probably finish this. this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so at that point, tell me about TikTok and how that all kind of came in. So were you, was that an, an app that, because my, I have an old, a son that's, he just turned 14 uh, mm-hmm. and he was on it when it was musically and he would just kind of was watch, he, he doesn't like perform on it or anything. He just is like one of the billions of people that have it. Uh, was TikTok something that you started to really invest time into when the pandemic happened? And then tell me about how City of Angels kind of happened. So I, all my friends had TikTok during like early quarantine days and I really didn't care to, <laughs> to do it. Um, but I think I just wanted to see like what all the fuss was about. So I downloaded it. I posted um, a Dua Lipa cover and I forget exactly how many views it got, but it, it got like three, maybe 300 views and I had 10 followers and that didn't make any sense to me because, you know, on YouTube or Instagram, I feel like your subscribers and followers are very correlated to the amount of views oh, get. well they're the people that are seeing your stuff right i mean that's what's such a crazy thing about tiktok it's, it's just like this massive uh like focus group pool of people right right um sorry go ahead <laughs> i like i kind of saw a little bit in that moment uh what tiktok is capable of and mm-hmm. i just started posting all the snippets of things that i Right. And instead of putting them like in my voice memos, which is normally where they go for no one to hear, I just started posting them for everyone. Oh, okay. So just right away, you just put little teasers up and see what people thought. Yeah. And I mean, frankly, most of those, most of the things I posted aren't finished songs. It's kind of, it's interesting because it tells you what you should finish and what you really don't need to based on. Yeah, right. Yeah. The focus group. So it's like, oh, a lot of people are latching onto this. They like this. Maybe I should try to finish the song up. Yeah. That's incredible that that happened with City of Angels where it was just, okay, I have this piece and then it starts being used by all these different people and it's going viral and then, okay, I should finish the song now. Yeah. <laughs> now what's funny is, is I thought like that was a viral moment and then Groundhog Day like blew it out of the water and I thought it couldn't get any crazier than Groundhog Day and then Numb Little Bug did probably a hundredfold of what Groundhog Day <laughs> So I shows how much I know. Wow. 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 So when City of Angels starts taking off, like, was it something that, you know, you put your phone down and then you come back to a little later, like, whoa, you know, what is happening? And you're watching it just kind of grow and grow and grow and grow. Yeah. What was Uh, that like? I mean, it was exhilarating. Um, Sometimes you kind of see it grow along the way. And then other times I would just wake up and I'd see a video has like a few hundred thousand views. I kind of prefer that one because I think your mental health can get very tied to all the numbers. And it's, if you can't avoid watching it, I think it's a good thing. Right, right, right. And so that one does well. And then you're like, okay, I need to finish the song. So you finish the song. And then are you like, how do you chase what you had just done? Like, obviously, I mean, Groundhog, they did more than that. And then, you know, Numb Little Bug does even more. But so when City City of Angels is done, you, you're like, okay, I should work on this, write on it. Like, what is your next step kind of moving forward to keep the, the ball rolling with that? So what's funny is um, 
I I posted that original snippet that went viral, but I don't think I posted much more about it because I was like, oh, I don't want to annoy anyone with like posting this over and over again. And then the only other time, well, I, there was one video I made where I, I duetted a friend of mine who made a TikTok about the story of City of Angels going viral, um, which helped it stream. And then I did one more TikTok when it was out, but that's all I did because I didn't want to bother people. Mm-hmm. And then I realized Little Nas X posted Montero probably 300 times. So I was like, okay, that's, I can bother people. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then it was kind of a drought. Nothing was doing very well. Um, Groundhog Day actually popped off after the third video I made to it. The first two didn't hit, but the third one I had my parents in the back and I think that's what, what sold it. Um, that one I made like 20 something videos. And then for reference, I think Numb Little Bug is like probably 60 something videos at this point. Okay. You just do different ones. Like, so you, for Groundhog Day, you did like different videos, different versions of the song or like, what do you like just different pieces using the same sound to kind of see what people would react to? Yeah. Um, like I would do the chorus or I would do the, the verse. Um, and then when the track came out, you know, I would, I would do like different versions of the track. I also like told the story of it. I think there's a lot of creative ways you can use the same audio, but have different. Content. Right. Different videos. Mm-hmm. And then Numb Little Bug comes out. You put the song out originally though in August. Is that what I read? Yes, I put it out in August um, and I was excited and equally stressed when it was going viral because the recorded version wasn't ready yet and it ended up going through 13 variations. Oh, wow. I wanted it. Um, And then I was like, I was nervous as to how to bring the momentum back. Um, But luckily it happened. And I had a friend um, whose handle is Live2Create who helped me strategize some video ideas. So credit to him as well for it being viral. Yeah, that's really cool. So with like, are people like managers or record people or, you know, industry folk reaching out to you on that first TikTok success or does it take a couple, a couple big, big ones for them to come knocking at your door? Like, how does that work? So the label talk started after Groundhog Day. Okay. Um, and then I signed before Numb Little Bug to Moon Project slash Republic Records. Mm-hmm. But um, Mary Rahmani, who I signed to, said that she had been following me since City of Angels. So I guess wow. that you never know who's watching and when they're watching. That's incredible. Yeah. So they probably saw what was happening and were like, is uh, I'm going to be able to pull this off again. And then you do. And it's like, okay, let's uh, get in here. And then obviously it works again, mm-hmm. to the, you know, for the, for the final one, not works, but you have the song to, to, to follow it. But um, so what was that? I mean, was that pretty cool to have these label people coming out and, you know, chatting with you, trying to, you know, court you to get you on their label? It was exciting but equally overwhelming um also during that time i had started on antidepressants and through that like i didn't realize that highs could be muted as well as lows so i was kind of just going through this period of like my dreams coming true but not really feeling Mm -hmm. and i can relate to that i'm happy it happened because i wrote my little bug i'm not happy that you relate to that i hope that's clear (laughs) no 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 you're like yes i'm happy that you have issues that you (laughs) (laughs) no 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 i i no i saw i i didn't understand what you're saying um okay so that was happening and then oh sorry walk me through that one more time so yeah i was i was meeting with like i don't know rca arista capital Mm -hmm. and it was kind of funny because they, they wine and dine you, but then they kind of disappear a little bit mm-hmm. once it's like dying down. But um, Mary from Republic, like just 
kept emailing me. And I, even from our first meeting, I just kind of knew she was the choice. Okay. But it was, but you said you had just started on antidepressants when the label talk happened, was happening. Mm -hmm. And was, did, did you have uh, numb little bug written at that time or no? Um, I think Cause obviously that talks a lot, quite about, about what you, you just spoke of. So numb little bug was soon after the label talks. And I think okay. I actually, I remember having a conversation with my mom where I was like, mom, I don't know if music is making me happy. It's all happening, but I just feel like kind of sad and overwhelmed and I don't know why. And she was saying like, that's ungrateful. Oh. Kind of explained to her, it's not really ungrateful. It's just a, a feeling I hadn't experienced before. So I think in writing Numb Little Bug, I was also trying to explain it to her. Oh, okay. I mean, it, yeah, I was gonna say the song is really, really talks to that. And, and people, I, I said, I also take antidepressants and medication for that. And even listening to a song like Forgive Yourself, that one spoke to me too in the same way. Cause I was like, oh, wow, like that's interesting. Cause that's one thing that I personally have a problem with. Like, you know, yeah, I'll forgive everyone else. But if I do something stupid, it's like, I gotta be hard on myself. Right. And like, that's kind of what that song t said to me. And then hearing, you know, Numb Little Bug come out and I'm like, oh, wow, this is also like a very relatable song. They are kind of, they come from different paths. Um, when I wrote Forgive Yourself with Ian Walsh, I came into the session and he was like, you know, it always starts with what's going on. And um, unfortunately, my friend had just committed suicide. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Uh, thank you. Um, but I was just like, I, I wish, these are the things I wish I could say to him. Mm -hmm. So that's how we, we wrote that, just kind of putting it like a message. Okay. In song. And it's kind of crazy, the response to that one specifically that I got from people saying that it feels like they're, they're being supported or hugged <laughs> by the right way. no it totally does and it's yeah that's what i felt when i heard it i was like wow like this is really something people need to hear because that's for me that's a really hard thing to do it's like it's easy to forgive everyone else but then when it comes to yourself i don't know i'm hard on myself so that's just me but my story my my analysis of the song but like it, it makes a whole lot of sense like listening to it and then when i heard numb little bug i was like wow this is also speaking to me in the sense that you know, you, you talk about, you know, picking up this prescription, you can't even read the name. You don't know how much, what the dosage is supposed to be and like all this stuff. And I mean, to ha to write a song like that, af like that's pretty, I mean, it's a bold move, not a bold move, but it's very, it's, it's, it's an honest move. And was that like a difficult thing to share with people? I mean, to be that kind of transparent? No, I've always been way too blunt. My friends have told me that my greatest strength and weakness is that I'm just blunt. <laughs> sometimes it's good. Okay. Sometimes it hurts their feelings. Um, so I've never really, I've never felt like, oh no, I'm exposing myself because I don't really know what else my purpose in this world is than to just make, to just shed light just on what say I'm it. Name <laughs> and yeah. Aside from the 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 benchmark of getting a song on a on a playlist, like, did you have another big milestone? Like, what was a big milestone for you with the, with your music career? Oh, one that seemed incredibly unachievable was to be in a genius video. And that just happened. Wow. That was crazy. The next one is to be on SNL, which is definitely going to take a lot more time, I think. Um, but I, I've never had a ton of musical, like it, it's never been about Grammys for me, per se, mm -hmm. you know? Because um, I also just never thought being an artist was feasible. So I didn't want to set my mind on that too much. 
is this kind of a, and now you kind of have to, I mean, this became your career, right? It was, it wasn't something you really sought out for. Is that hard to process too? I mean, it, it was something I wanted, but I just, I was trying to be realistic with myself that it's likely it would just stay kind of in a, I'm doing it for fun range. And that was fine. Cause it's my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it's working, I mean, I'm, I'm so grateful. I don't know what else I could be doing. Definitely not Ralph Scully. <laughs> they probably won't hire you after all these interviews. <laughs> <laughs> Numb little bugs been out for a bit. It's obviously doing incredible. What, do you have other songs ready to come out? Do you have a project? Yeah. Um, or? Hopefully the next single is in May and then um, another single following that and then an EP. That's the current plan. I'm not sure of the exact timelines yet. But. Sure. But wow, that's, that's, and everything's done. Was this, were these songs written when recently or over uh, COVID time or? A lot of them were written over the past year. After Groundhog Day, I just, I got a, I was fortunate to get a lot of opportunities to be in sessions and meet more writers and producers. So um, a good chunk of them were with people that I met last year, but mm-hmm. I have to say like teasing the next single has been terrifying because I don't know how to exit no little bug era. Okay. So yeah, I was, th- I was going to ask that question. Do you, well, but you've kind of done it, right? So you had city of angels, which went viral and then it's like, okay, I got to follow this up. And then you follow it up with, with Groundhog Day. And then it's like the next level. And then you're like, okay, did you have a thought even when that came out? Like, is the next song going to hit like that? And then Numb Little Bug surges. Did you even have that thought on the, uh, when Groundhog Day came out? I mean, yeah, I feel like I always think I'll never follow it up. Um, <laughs> but between the songs, like there's a good chunk of songs that don't really do much, you know? Mm-hmm. Um so it's a bit stressful because this is the first time that like there's a plan with the releases and it's not just like go with the flow for me. So they kind of, they have to, <laughs> they have to do something. They have to hit. Well, Groundhog Day was the one that you released right before Numb Little Bug, wasn't it? Or was there a song in between there? Um, There were like songs that I teased that didn't do. A lot. Oh, I see. Okay. So the next, the, but in as far as a full release, it was Groundhog Day that hits Numb Little Bug that hits. So now it's, our, is the next one going to land? Yeah. I'm <laughs> praying. <laughs> yeah. But is that even a thought? I mean, it sounds like the songs are already written and done. So it's not like you're trying to chase something. It's true. But I mean, the like TikTok pre-saves make the biggest difference. And I think, I mean, Numb Little Bug got a million streams the first day with 87,000 pre-saves. That's crazy. So, I mean, hopefully the next one's called Too Precious. Hopefully that one can do something. Yeah. Well, have you been teasing at all? I've done one teaser. Okay. Did you mention any of that or you just put it up and see what people said? I put it up just to like test the waters. It's funny because I have a friend that I tend to like do song campaigns with and he's like, you didn't tell me you were going to post that. Maybe you should have given me a warning. I was like, I just, I got (laughs) trigger happy. I wanted to see. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool though. It's really cool that you have that kind that there's this thing that exists now, right? That you can kind of do that. Are people going to care? Let's see. And then, like you said, you did different versions of the video for Numb Little Bug. You said 60 different videos for it? Probably, yeah. And, and then it just took one that really landed to, to get the success behind it or the pre-saves and all of that? It, it took a few. Um, I don't know, because none of them actually popped off as much as the initial acoustic version of Numb Little Bug that I posted in August. But mm-hmm. 
think just kind of a collective effort of all of them. Okay. Cause you did a video where you're like brushing your teeth and then you're laying down and you're eating. Like that was all, that was later. Was that later than the, the acoustic version? Yeah. Yeah. That was after okay. it was released, I think. Okay. I was okay. trying to do, I was trying to do a version of what everyone else was posting and it was hard. I don't know how they, their videos are so smooth. I admire them. <laughs> Yours was good though. And then you had this huge TikToker, right? That kind of, that did a video to it. Like, things women are tired of hearing it's crazy from uh tiktokers that like when i first got on the app i was big i, I mean still am big fans of but like they they're definitely celebrities to me like there's a girl named cover who i recently saw uh made a video i think there's another one named brooke monk if i'm getting her name i'm looking at it's brooke uh monk yeah 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 so she did one right and that was pretty recently yeah so, I mean, seeing these people, like, was, was she, I mean, I just went to her thing. She has like 19 million people that follow her. Like, are these people that you knew and, and were aware of, and then they're using your sound? Yeah, like, I, sometimes I just, I look at who's used the sound, and I see the ones that are at the top, and I'm like, whoa, like, that person's on my For You page all the time. Who um, was the biggest one, or who was somebody that you saw, and was it with that video that you were like, oh, my goodness, like, I cannot believe blank used my tiktok sound there's been a few cover was definitely one brooke was one um there's a girl i think her, her username might just be maddie but i know she she was in the d'amelio show um oh, okay she used it also do you know the guy like mm, joel who does tiktoks with his dad and his dad is like the ratatouille guy no i i'm i'm too old i don't know i'm sorry <laughs> um, <laughs> His girlfriend, and they, they're like on my free page all the time too. So okay, so new song coming out and and a record and what like you saw you, I'm wrapping up here. I don't want to take all your time, um, but I'm I'm curious with you know you said you you'd go live on Instagram or I mean live on TikTok and do stuff there. Are you planning on doing any live shows like now that stuff is kind of opening up? Yeah, I'm actually going on tour starting in April. Um, oh. I'm opening for Anson Seabra, which is going to be very fun, but that's April, May. And then, yeah, a good chunk coming up. I mean, my manager just called me and he was like, so late June, we're going to be doing LA, San Francisco and Boston. Um, wow. I, it just, it appears as it appears, you know, it's crazy. So the, like, so the tour is in April mm -hmm. and how, how far are you going with the tour? Is it like a full U S tour? It's uh, Dallas up to like New York and then, kind of going to Denver and San Francisco and LA it's 13 uh, places overall over 23 days um one in Canada which makes it an international tour that's awesome I'm looking at it now very and what you said like playing live wasn't a big thing for you yet right you haven't done a whole lot of it yeah I've only done like acoustic versions of my songs never like the full out version with tracks and like being able to really be on stage and have fun. So I'm so excited. Have you practiced, do you have like a band that you've been playing with? Yes, they actually started rehearsing today uh, without me just to get it all dialed, I guess. And then I, I'm going in tomorrow and I can't wait. That is cool. You're playing the rickshaw stop in San Francisco, which is an amazing venue. I will tell you that right now. Oh, cool. Well, I appreciate your time. This has been so fun. Thank you, Em. I, I, I love what you're doing. I love the records. I, I even love the old e, uh, EP that you put out in Fred. It's cool, Thanks. cool stuff. Um, uh, last question for you. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. 
yes, um, use TikTok reels and YouTube shorts religiously and don't stop posting even if the numbers aren't reflecting what you think the videos could do. I think it's all about just persistence.